Yale Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quadcast, a Yale Divinity School podcast series focusing on issues related to religion, culture, and politics. In this episode, YDS alum Emily Judd interviews Palestinian Christian leader and distinguished theologian Professor Mithri Raheb. Professor Raheb is president of Dar al-Kalima University in Bethlehem, Palestine, and is author of the book The Politics of Persecution, Middle Eastern Christians in an Age of Empire. Professor Raheb debunks the Western narrative that Middle Eastern Christians are helpless victims under constant persecution. Our story as Christians in this region is really a story of resilience. He also weighs in on the debate about whether Jesus was Palestinian or Israeli. Jesus was a Palestinian Jew. And Professor Rahab discusses the peace Palestinian Christians envisioned for the end to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Palestinians and Israeli uh, can live uh, side by side uh, in dignity uh, based on equality. Uh, That is the inclusive vision that uh, Christians were always promoting. You were born, raised, and still live in Bethlehem, the city of Jesus's birth, the traditional city of Jesus's birth. What is it like to live in the land where Jesus lived? And what do you want the world to know about what Bethlehem is like today? What I would like people to know first is that uh, Bethlehem is in Palestine, not in Israel. Many people uh, continue to get this uh, wrong. Uh, Second, uh, I would like people to know that Bethlehem today is a Palestinian city, but unfortunately uh, surrounded from three sides by a uh, 25-foot-high wall that was constructed by Israel. Uh, And um, the Israeli military and uh, uh, Israeli Jewish settlers, they control 86% of the land of Bethlehem. So we have only 14% of our own land under our own uh, control. Um, But Bethlehem uh, is uh, a city where half of the Palestinian Christian community lives. Uh, And the Palestinian Christian community is a very diverse community. Uh, So we have in Palestine uh, 13 different churches, Orthodox, Catholics, and Protestant churches. And last but not least, uh, Bethlehem is a city that lives on tourism. Uh, 70% of uh, our economy depends on tourism. So we have many hotels, souvenir shops, uh, restaurants, uh, and usually it's a great city uh, to visit. So hopefully the listeners uh, can come uh, to the little town, which is not anymore that little, uh, and uh, visit here after the pandemic. I hope to go back, hopefully once everything gets back to normal. You have written a book uh, called The Politics of Persecution, where you argue that the notion that Christians in the Middle East, that they are quote-unquote helpless victims under persecution, that this notion is a Western construct that has been used by colonial powers to promote their interests in the region. I'm wondering if you can explain this a bit further. Yeah, indeed, the perception, I think, in the West is that uh, the Christians in the Middle East uh, are persecuted by Muslims. Now, this is part of the, uh, you know, Islamophobia 
that is unfortunately uh, widespread uh, in the West. Um, uh, and uh, often the perception is that the, the so-called Christian West, which is not anymore Christian, uh, do care about the, the Christians in this region. But again, this is also uh, uh, not true. In fact, uh, uh, because this is a colonial tactic, you know, divide and rule. So you divide uh, between Christians and Muslims, or the British, for example, divided between uh, Arabs and Jews. Uh, now they divide between Sunni and Shi Shiite. As long as you do that, you know, uh, you create uh, actually a situation where you as a colonizing power can, can control uh, the people uh, in this uh, region. Uh, so what uh, I'm, in the book, uh, The Politics of Persecution, I argue that uh, our story as Christians in this region is really a story of resilience. Uh, that in spite of everything, uh, you know, all the empires that came and control our region, um, Christians were able uh, to survive and in many cases even uh, to thrive. You mentioned a bit earlier, and I want to pick up on that theme, that there is this assumption in the West that Muslims and Christians in the Middle East are at odds, that the groups are historically sworn enemies, that there can be no good relations uh, between these two groups, which I know for a fact is very, very false. Um, so I'm wondering if you can talk about the historically good relations between Christians and Muslims and how are these relations today in the Holy Land? No, uh, Christians and Muslims uh, have been living together in our region, in the so-called Middle East, for the last 1400 years. So Muslims are not newcomers. You know, in the West, Muslims are mainly like newcomers. They came as guest workers or as migrants. Uh, they came from a different culture, they spoke different language, they have uh, different food, uh, etc. This is not the case in our region uh, because Christians and Muslims uh, actually uh, share in, in the Arabic uh, culture. Uh, they share the Arabic language. Uh, our traditions are uh, very similar. Now, if, you, if we look at the history uh, of Christian-Muslim relations in the, in the last 200 years, we see, for example, that Christians and Muslims fought together against the Ottomans, which were basically Muslims. And again, they fought together against the British, for example, in case of Palestine, uh, uh, though uh, the British were Christians. Uh, and they fought together and they fight together uh, against Israeli were, uh, who are Jews. Uh, and so you can see actually that it's really not the religion uh, is the problem. Um, uh, but again, this is what uh, colonialism tried to divide and rule by. Uh, for example, if I give you maybe two examples, uh, you, you, you studied in Jerusalem. 
Uh, and I'm sure you were told that Jerusalem has four quarters. A Christian, yes. a Muslim. Christian, Muslim. Armenian, Muslim, Jewish. Right. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> this is not true. This is a British invention of the mm-hmm. 19th century. Uh, because, in, in, uh, you know, Christian Jews and Muslims and, uh, were living all together in all those uh, uh, four quarters. Uh, but the British uh, actually created this sectarian uh, system. Um, in 1928, the British came in Jerusalem and said it's not good to have one municipality uh, with, cre- uh, with Christian Jews and Muslims working together. Let's divide it into two municipalities. So they created a Jewish municipality in West Jerusalem and uh, an Arab municipality in East Jerusalem. Sectarianism uh, uh, is really uh, a product especially of the British. And this is part of the colonial, uh, you know, legacy that we have. You know, the British... Um, in 1947, 48, they did three huge projects uh, 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 governed by sectarianism. They divided India and Pakistan along religious lines. Mm. Uh, they created uh, the apartheid system in South Africa uh, according to racial uh, uh, lines. And they divided Palestine into two sections according to uh, ethno-religious lines. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is unfortunately our colonial uh, history. So there was recently a big debate on social media around Christmas that I saw about whether or not Jesus was Palestinian. Most of the posts I saw about this topic were coming from Israelis and Palestinians, each arguing over the identity of Jesus. Are you familiar with this debate and what are your thoughts? Is it constructive? Uh, You know, in one of my books, uh, Faith in the Face of Empire, I start the book with a sentence, Jesus was a Palestinian Jew, which means we don't need to look at Uh, being Palestinian and being Jews as two things at the odd. Again, this is part of the sectarian uh, mentality. Uh, Because, um, you know, uh, Judaism uh, uh, was and is part of uh, Palestinian history. Uh, It's part of our history. Uh, uh, So for me, I don't, my problem is is not with Judaism. And it should not be the problem of the Palestinians to ne- to to negate uh, uh, the uh, you know Jewishness of Jesus. The problem is if the Jewishness of if Jesus is nationalized to mean uh, as if Jesus wa- were an Israeli. Jesus wasn't an Israeli. He was a Palestinian Jew. Meaning he was a Jewish man living in. in Palestine. At the time, the area was called Palestine. Correct, correct, correct. Because, you know, uh, the name Palestine uh, already since the Assyrian, Ramses III uh, actually uses uh, Philistu for the land. But since the 5th century BC, this was until the British 
This was the name of the country, Palestine. And so there was no contradiction of being Jew and being, uh, you know, Palestinian, being a Christian and being Palestinian, being Muslim and being Palestinians, because Palestine was always uh, an inclusive land. Uh, it's, it was always land with people of different religion. Uh, you know, we had all the Samaritan Palestinians uh, until now. Uh, so, so there is no contradiction in that. And my final question, you mentioned that you have written a book, Faith in the Face of Empire, the Bible through Palestinian eyes. Can you talk a bit about what makes Palestinian Christian theology distinct? Yeah, I think uh, two things. First of all, uh, that we live in the land where it's all started. I mean, you know, uh, the Bible uh, did not originate in the Bible Belt. I mean, sorry. Uh, the Bible... <laughs> no, I, I, that's really, that's a good line, though. <laughs> the Bible did not originate in the Bible Belt. Yes, I think many people <coughs> might, might think so. <laughs> so the Bible is a product of Palestine. Uh, and we cannot understand the Bible, this is my argument in the book, without understanding you know, the geopolitics of uh, this region, uh, that Palestine uh, is surrounded by five empires, and these empires were, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, influencing uh, the fate of this country. And the second is, uh, and so I, I call the, the, uh, the land Palestine uh, the fifth gospel, because really you cannot understand the Bible without understanding the land. And I'm sure that was and your visiting. experience. I would argue and visiting because once once I visited the Holy Land, the entire Bible was changed for me. I saw it through a different, it brought the Bible to life in a way. And I do have one more question, but feel free to skip it because I know we're over time. I was just thinking in my head right now, um, you know, Jesus being the Prince of Peace and Christians in the Holy Land um being being uh what victims of a conflict i know not helpless victims like uh but victims of a conflict suffering from a conflict um where i i'm just curious when it comes to promoting peace and and having jesus as the prince of peace in that theological sense how is that interpreted on the ground or how is that lived out on the ground? Because Christians are obviously, I think, uniquely positioned and with Jesus being God and God preaching only nonviolence in the middle of a war, in the middle of conflict. It was in Bethlehem 2000 years ago that the angel sang glory to God in the highest peace on earth, uh, goodwill to the people. Uh, and this is actually, it's a very political actual statement because uh, when the angel sang glory to God, it meant glory doesn't belong to the empire, to the occupier. Uh, and when they say, uh, when they said uh, peace on earth, this was also another political statement because it, was, it wasn't the Pax Romana, the, the peace of the Romans, basically you go occupy um, and you make peace by occupying other people. No, it's a different kind of peace uh, based on, uh, on equality, on freedom. Uh, 
and it is really the people uh, that God calls to be peacemakers. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Christians have been playing an important role, uh, you know, in, 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 in throughout the centuries uh, in, in promoting a just peace. Uh, not just any kind of peace, but really a just peace that uh, that the different, uh, you know, uh, that the two religions and the two peoples, the two, the three, that the three religions, you know, Judaism, uh, Islam, and Christianity, uh, and the two uh, peoples, Palestinians and Israeli, uh, can live. Uh, side by side, uh, in dignity, uh, based on equality, uh, and uh, cooperation. Uh, that is the inclusive vision that uh, Christians were always promoting against an exclusive vision uh, of, uh, of the land being controlled only by one people or one religion. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of your thoughtful insight and answers to these difficult questions that I'm posing. Um, so thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You are most welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's great to be uh, with you.